Ladies and germs, show Soy Antonio licking our bumps today on a day after Tennessee gets eliminated, day before the NBA draft. And just a day to kind of reflect and appreciate on what we just saw. Wow. Chris Burke's going to join us here at some point today, who was out there yesterday as a spectator. And, uh, boys, that was a tough night last night. Sean Sinclair, I start with you. A tough night for the, for the for the for the young lads who gave it a good ride. Yeah, it was. But uh, you know that um, that bill was always going to come due. And um, look, the night gives you the night to sleep gives you some perspective. And unless you're the team hoisting the trophy at the end, it's all the same. And so for for whatever deficiencies this team had, they will still employ somebody to write 2023 on the outfield wall this summer under, under uh, College World Series. And you can't take that away. No matter the bumps, the bruises, the he said, she said, all this other stuff, this team will go down in history as one of a handful, if not a few more, that made it to Omaha and won a game. Yep. So, you know what? Last night was a microcosm of the whole year. Yep. And I, I watched Tony, and I appreciate him talking about uh, the uh, the Stanford game being the one that was. But I think last last night was the game. It just absolutely was the definitive microcosm, and then even had the even had the heroic figure in D- Dylan Cruz, uh, you know, put the balls to the sword at the end to take him out of our misery. Um, Boy, he's a but, great player, isn't he? Yeah, he's a, he's a fantastic player. He's the best player in college uh, baseball. I get the schemes, but Dylan Cruz is the best player in baseball. It's not even close. Uh, but anyway. I think I think I think just to celebrate what the Vols were able to do, and also we we do a lot of Tony V fluffing. And we yeah, we're also critical, and that's part of it. But without question, how he got this team that was pretty much and nothing I say should be interpreted as a criticism of these players. Nothing. He was able to take a team that was made up of duct tape, some bobby pins, a couple of names uh, that, uh, you know, didn't didn't, uh, evolve like we thought, and a pitching staff that was in flux most of the season. And he took this team and made it to the final six. That is incredible. We said a couple. We said a, a month ago with him on the air that, you know, he he won the past two national coach of the year, and literally the last two years have been rolling the baseball out. It's not that easy, but you know, and and, and just going and clubbing everybody. This year, in my opinion, he became a legit top drawer manager, and this became a legit blue blood baseball program and now it's time to even after a loss 
it's time to go support this guy with his facilities, with his NIL. Um, I hope we, I hope we NIL it up. I hope, uh, Spire is, is listening. Uh, I don't want LSU to go by everybody. Uh, but, um, I'm so proud of what those guys did, even if it wasn't the, the fun ride it was last year. You know, I think NIL-wise, in a few certain cases, because I'm kind of privy to this, I, I don't think Spire's in it. I think essentially what they're doing is kind of handling it on their own. Uh, the football program is the you know is the big is the big driver, and some of the other coaches in the lesser lesser sports, so to speak, have to hustle, form their own relationships, and kind of uh, kind of get it done that way. And I think that's kind of the uh, kind of the model. Uh, that I appreciate we're seeing. the clarification. No, I, no, it's it, no problem. It's but it's it's the same thing because. But you know what I meant. No, well, Tony's a guy, Sean, that's never going to quit hustling, and he's just not going to get outworked. It's kind of like what they did last week after, um, you know, winning with Southern Miss. The first thing he did was got on a plane and went recruiting. They've got some pretty good, unlike last year where you had to replace everybody, they've got some pretty good building blocks for 2024 that figure to be back. I, I mean, you never know. Um, the pitching staff looks like it's be pretty darn good. Uh, I just marvel at having a team that's that light hitting, that hit 210 in a super regional, that went out there to Omaha and, you know, kind of won a game, you know? And, and if you look at it and you're really honest, LSU's lineup compared to ours, let's put it this way, Sean. What do you think LSU would have done to that soft-tossing left-hander that they threw at us last night? Because I think they would have ripped the cover off the ball against him. Well, I listened to, I listened to your show last night, and a great show, and I appreciate all the, all the uh, passion from the fans uh, at a moment of disappointment. A couple things I would take anything. I mean, everybody was talking about how many we have too many lefties they can't hit lefties. I, I I couldn't disagree more. I mean, show me a righty on that roster that could hit the junk lefties. Christian Moore couldn't. Merritt couldn't. Cal Stark couldn't. I mean, it just that's a that that's a significant hole in our lineup this year was the junk lefty. It, I don't care if you had a switch hitter. He couldn't hit we couldn't hit lefties. Um so that's um it, it, that that to me that doesn't go to balance in the lineup. That goes to just a quirk of of this team. Just was was vulnerable to the soft toss lefty. Um, another thing I it struck me is it's interesting for Tony and his staff this year is and again no criticism, but there's not one position player out there that's not replaceable or upgradable. And I'm not criticizing anybody. There's nobody that I see on the Vols roster that should have a guaranteed spot next year. And the reason I say that is I don't see one positional player that would have started last year. So that gives you a lot of freedom as a head coach. Yep. You get a lot of motivation. And I'm not saying you punish anybody, but 
the right side of the infield, they wouldn't have a guaranteed starting spot for me next year. Not they Blake Burke? Yeah, or Christian Not Moore. Simo? No, he's not a second baseman in the SEC. He's not, a, he's not an infielder for me. And it has nothing to do with last night. And you, you can't have a – you can't have a – you cannot have a first baseman that has eleven errors or twelve errors. I mean, they're they're ma- they're major league first basemen that go a whole career without making eleven or twelve errors in their whole career. That's just, it's just and it's not them. They they didn't lose the game. I know it it, it may sound like it because of the double play uh, that uh, Christian dropped, and it's, I don't blame him. It's not an error. You can't assume the second out. But what I'm just saying is there's. There's nobody out there that should be uh, guaranteed a job, and that opens up the transfer portal. And I, and I think a little competition for spots would help this place. Yeah, they, so, this year they were, as you said, they were kind of putting that lineup together with, especially the way that draft rated them, which may happen this time around, who knows. But they were putting together the um, lineup last season with um, bailing wire and duct tape and you kind of had what you had Brian Hartman your thoughts we went to bed about oh I don't know we were visiting on ten and a half hours ago but like 1230 or something what uh, we did a Garza Law extra innings last night Uh, I'm borderline relieved it's over uh, just with all the extra stuff we've been doing, but uh, still wanted to see the team play and advance and all that stuff. But uh, gotta be honest with you here; it's a little bit of a grind doing it every day, every day. Bry, um, what do you think? Well, I'll expound on what Sean was saying. I also think that it took a while for this team to find their identity. You never really knew what the lineup would be until you got late in the season. And even then, you had some lineup shuffling. I believe that last night's game was just sort of a reflection of how, just how they started the year. Errors, failing to get runners in from third base, failing to come up with a big hit. And it just seemed like at times it was just a, they kind of finished the season the way they started it. And there was no punchback last night, unlike what had come to pass from the Bandy series on until until Stanford. And LSU, we thought that Tennessee had the superior pitching advantage, and maybe they no. did, but they still have no answer for, like you call them, junk lefties. And what? there's no Brad, shame in, they- there's just no shame in, go ahead. No, forgive me. It's, I, I think you. I, I think Beam and AJ Russell pitched masterfully. Yeah. Oh, yes, definitely. But until, until Combs came in and kind of pooped himself. No offense. They gave us. They gave Tennessee a chance. Unfortunately, LSU just had a guy that shut Tennessee out for six plus innings, and that's something we didn't see. And you made a great point last night. I was sharing with a friend of mine this morning. Actually, it was Tom Marine, Smoothie King who's out there, one of the great things about this tournament is that that kid from LSU who 
we had Higgs on yesterday and gone through their who they might throw, and his name never came up. Exchanging texts with a couple people in Tennessee's brass yesterday, that's a name they kind of didn't consider. Uh, the truth is, he went twice as long as he did in any outing this year. And really, that's what this tournament's about. If a team like LSU is going to get through this thing, exemplary things have to happen from your whole roster. It's a te- Especially if you get in that loser bracket. It's a test of your entire roster. And there's no shame in tipping your cap to a, to the other team's pitcher, Sean, who went out and had a lifetime performance last night. And good for him, you know? I agree with that. I would suggest that, uh, yeah, I mean, that's what, that's what it's all about. And, you know, all that Omaha is filled with all good stories, and not all of them are come with the Tennessee byline, and that's okay. Um, you know, but I, I think that last night I sat there and was, you know, I was, I told you I was at the, I took my daughter to the Brett Floyd, Pink Floyd concert last night, which was amazing. And on the down low, had my phone watching the game, you know, uh, so no one could see. But uh, it was just, it was like watching that Texas A&M guy that did nothing to us, you know, in the SEC tournament. And you're sitting there going, when are we going to hit this little butterfly coming at us? We couldn't do it. And it's so, just every time the script kind of got changed, they just couldn't adjust to it. No, and I think that's why something I think that's, didn't. Yeah, that's right, Brian. And that's yep. why I think I said the the bill came due. Yep. You know, it, it's um, you know, if you take a look at the regional and super regional, I mean, Christian Moore got hot, but it's not like we were a ball of fire. Mm-mm. The second half of the season, this, no. This this team had some extremely opportunistic, uh, you know, cluster of hits, and, and and again, taking nothing away from again. I don't bemoan the loss. I celebrate what this team was able to do. That that could be interpreted as a backhanded compliment or a passive aggressive dig. It's not meant to be. Sean, they have I, they have several automatic outs in their lineup right now. Absolutely, I mean, absolutely. it is what it is. I mean, you, if that's a dig, that's a dig. I didn't do it. I mean, they have several automatic yeah. outs. I mean, several guys. You go. That's an out, that's an out, that's an out. Okay, those two guys are batting back-to-back. That's two outs. I mean, that's just the way it is. And, and they it somehow is. got there. And, and to your it point, is. Sean. And the thing is, they, yeah. they didn't have much to – they didn't have much to – I mean, they, I, I heard about people picking apart Tony's decisions. Oh, my gosh. He got, he got, he got, he got the double play induced. Hello. It's over. I, I, I'm arguing with a guy last night in real time about that. It's horrible that he has him in there. It's horrible that he has soul in there. Look at that wild pitch. I go, did you see what just happened before the wild pitch? What do you want him to do? The ball is rolled to the shortstop. It's an easy double play. It's a high school double play. I mean, it it was a very good move. Now, the move before that. He brings in dryling and he gets a walk. the, The thing that didn't make any sense that Tony did last night, and he would tell you this in hindsight, was... Taking the kid from Nashville out and putting Combs in, uh, why? What are we doing here? Why are we Why are we over managing in that? So it's a two nothing game. Leave him in there. L- let's see if we can crack this 
cracked the code late. Because once they scored another run, Sean got the three. That thing was that thing was. It was like the second run that Stanford allowed yesterday. That uh, ball that got through the catcher was the same thing as that wild pitch yesterday. That game was over when that happened. Over. You know, I think this year will. I think this year will. Uh, Tony will reflect on a lot of this. you know because he's had some great, but he's been damned if you do, damned if you don't. He takes yep. Dolander out yep. and brings Burns in. Uh, Dolander has like a two hitter, and then Burns blows it earlier in the year. Well, then Burns comes back in, in, you know, against Clemson, and then the other night and just is lightning on fire. Mm-hmm. So he's had. I think his decisions and the results were just amplified because of just this season. I mean, how many times have we watched him? I mean, it, it, it's painful watching him at the mic sometimes. And and I don't. I'm not privy to the inside stuff like you, but you can you can just tell. That he has absolutely had to squeeze out, you know, four cups of orange juice from one little bitty yep. mandarin orange, and I mean, I mean, he, is, he is he is wringing that thing for all it's worth to try to get something out, and it's just not there. Thing I like about him versus a lot of other people that coach, okay, in these sports we watch. He, and Heupel's like this. You ask him a question, he's going to give you an answer. It's not a bunch of gobbledygooks, uh, coach speak, insult your intelligence. Those two guys, and, and the other thing those two guys are not afraid to do is take blame for something, which I like. See, I, I think kids want to play for a guy that will stand up there and go, you know what, don't blame them, blame me. Blame me. Blame me. I, I, I'm the one, you know, it's not Combs' fault. I put him in that spot. Don't blame him. You blame me. You know, you blame me. It, that's on us. Tony, hardly ever have I heard him say, oh, yeah, that, that kid choked or that kid cost us the whatever. And and I'll tell you, guys respond to that. Those kids, see, people don't think this. Athletes, and we'll ask Evan about this sometime. Baseball players, they pay attention to what that manager says in the press. They do. And Tony has some guts about him. Like I said the other day, Sean, there's not a lot of managers that would have gone out there and gotten Dolander, who's probably a top 10 pick in the draft, after three innings in his final start. Hey, there aren't a lot of guys that would have gone out there, and you can argue about this. Like I wrote in the blog today, you can argue about this point, which is what makes baseball such a great game. But when he goes out there last night and he gets Seth Halverson, who's another guy that's going to pitch, going to be drafted and play professional baseball, with a 1-2 count, Halverson was screaming at him through that glove. Screaming at him. Hey, man, that's the last time I have his uniform on if we get beat tonight. Get off my mound. What are you doing? And Tony still took the ball from him and did it with conviction. And put a guy in who... That's probably the last, well, that is the last time he'll be in a Tennessee uniform and still. Yeah, which which I got to say this. I thought it was really cool at the end when they knew they were going to lose. They just emptied their bench and let a bunch of people play. And how about Tears for Fear smashing a line drive in the ninth inning? You think Tears for Fear is going to be a player in time? And to Sean's point, Dylan Dryling, those two guys are going to be players here. And let's not forget, those are the two that started the fire. 
Chapman kid's going to be a really nice player. Yeah, they got some really good players that nobody has seen. Well, give it up for Kirby Cannell. He didn't allow a single run to score. I think he faced six guys in the postseason. And there you go. Got four of them out, didn't allow a run. The curb stomper. The curb stomper yeah, falling out. And I think, He finished and strong. And that was nice to see. Yep. Here's the uh, and to revisit a, a revisit a discussion a few days ago, and it's not. I'm not bringing this up because it happened like this, but there was a discussion about pitching Dolander first in this tournament. Mm-hmm. And I understand the thought process, but it played out kind of like I thought it would. He has not dealt with the spotlight well this year, and mm-hmm. there's a reason for that. If you there was an interview, someone referenced an interview that they did with him this year, and he said that, "Hey, look, I was a guy that had two offers coming out of high school. I go to Georgia Southern because my brother played there, and then all of a sudden I'm being compared to. Remember, preseason he was the best pitching process prospect since Steven Strasburg, and so the Friday night bump." didn't go well for him. I, I think he's going to have if, if, if I think he's going to have a fabulous uh, professional career once he settles into his thing but he he just he for whatever reason was not able to manage the spotlight and I don't blame him. Chase Burns has been in the spotlight his whole life. Not so much for um uh not so much for uh Chase Dolander and and I'll tell you what that's that's what makes even what Paul Skeen's doing is even more impressive. When you go to play baseball at Air Force, yep. out of California, uh, you you aren't picking them over, you know, LSU or someone else coming out of high school. So, anyway, I, I can't wait to watch. Just like I've watched uh, uh, Ben Joyce play, I cannot wait to watch some of these guys matriculate through the minors, and then make it to the uh, major leagues. I think that's going to be fantastic. To the phones we go. Here's a question for you. Now that the Vols are eliminated, are you going to pay attention to the College World Series? Yes, no, maybe. And then your thoughts on what we saw uh, as Tennessee gets eliminated because I'm going to ask you this. I'm going to pick us up with Adams tomorrow, too. He's been around here a long time. That is the best coaching job I've seen since blank around here. You're talking about taking a little and doing a lot with it. Or a medium amount and doing a lot with it. Now, pitching is... Um, Pitching is nine-tenths of the law in that deal. And Tennessee's got great pitching. But they're not great defensively. They don't particularly run well. Like one of my friends like, why aren't we playing small ball tonight? Well, you can't play small ball with a team that doesn't run. They don't run. These guys don't run the bases. Who runs the bases on this team? That's a home-run dependent team who the day before, uh, everything was a single but one double. I mean, that's, that's the reality of it. And they can't bunt. And they don't bunt. I mean, they, you know. How about that Thompson kid from LSU last night? The fundamentals of some of these guys. Dude, you're a, you're a six-hole hitter. Should be about an eight-hole hitter. 
over there at second base. Learn to use your bat, man. Every once in a while, just work on your craft to some of these people. Let's go to the phones. Let me get uh, Chrissy Boy Burke coming up a little later on this hour. Let's get our next call in. Hello and welcome. Hey, guys. Hey, you're on the air. Welcome hey. in. Hey, it's Richard. Hey. Woo, I tell you what, man, tough way to end last night. I, I tried to get in to your show, Tony, but it was difficult. A lot of calls last night um, ending um, the year uh, again. Just first of all, uh, thank you for a great year, Tennessee baseballs, uh, because, uh, you know, y'all turned it around, got, uh, to the College World Series and, um, and made it fun for us watching baseball and it, through the warts, through the greatness of what they had. Uh, it was a lot of fun, man. Yep. And, uh, I tell you what, going into that game last night, one thing I'm going to mention about that, that I didn't hear in the conversation last night, as I was listening, yes, um, it didn't matter. People were talking about, well, you know, it didn't matter. We, we didn't even score a run. So, you know, the few errors that we made and the few runs they got wouldn't have mattered. Well, it does matter. Because, Tony, when you break that game down, um, you know, in the moment of each opportunity, the failure that we did have last night, the first inning is a perfect example. Cal Stark has thrown down the first base great all year. And the moment that the guy slips and they got an easy out, he missed throws, and the guy gets back safe. That's an out you got to have in the World Series. That's the opening run. That run should have been erased. The, again, um, the the bunt, the error, the few other things that they had on um, the missed double play, those runs to the count. So what I'm saying is when you're going in that ball game and LSU has nothing on the board in the fourth, fifth, and into the sixth inning, there is a different pressure on their pitcher than what they had. The wind was blowing in. They knew it wasn't going to be a lot of runs scored. But when you don't have any runs on your side on the board and you don't have a lead, there's different on that pressure on pitchers. Some pitchers can handle it. I would like to see if their pitcher in zero to zero games going down the stretch would have made the same pitches, or would he have been a little bit tighter and thrown a few more balls, hung a few more pitches. We don't know because we didn't give ourselves the opportunity um, with a, a, a zero-zero game to see if the pressure would have got to them, and that's huge in that moment in baseball. That's exactly right. It's the equivalent to of two nothing to three to four nothing, which happened late in the game. Same kind of thing, man. You can't, you know, that pressure valve ratchets up, and you get people out of their comfort zone. I agree with you, Richard. I. I you can't look at a score at the end of a game and go, well, it wouldn't have mattered. It it all matters at the end of the day because yeah. you never know. There's no clock, and crazy things happen. That's CMO's double play ball. Oh, it's Made so that bad. all year wrong. Simple. So bad. Again, so I'm going um, no. Combs um, coming in. And let me tell you something. I, I, I agree that I don't know why we took out Russell. He, he, he was four, four down. He was pitching amazing. Mm-hmm. I would have left him in, but. Combs has been good all year too, but in the moment when we needed him most, he failed, and um, and so that was the microcosm of last night. Guys that have you know made these routine things all year in that moment, we didn't make the plays, and 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 then you know I'll say this: Jared Dickey was up there several times with an opportunity to deliver. Did he come mm-hmm. through? Mm-hmm. He, he didn't. In the moment, he was swinging at pitches uh, above his chest, Tony. Mm-hmm. And, and I was like, what are you doing, J.D.? You've not done that all year. Mm-hmm. Now, 
I do say this, that the umpire strike zone in the World Series was all over the place. Every game. I watched a lot of games, and let me tell you something. These guys widened the strike zone, and it definitely played with a lot of hitters on a lot of teams because they were looking like, that's not been a strike all year. Because you, you umpired, right? Didn't you tell us yes, that? Yes, absolutely. And and it's just it, it, it's difficult as a hitter all year when you've had one strike zone, this tight strike zone, that's all of a sudden thrown out the window. And you're giving guys three inches off the plate, and you're giving them the high strike, Tony, has not been called by no umpire all year. Every umpire was giving above the letters on the strike zone. And it's that's almost like they got were, together out there and said, we're all going to act like angel compost now. Really strange. You know, well, I, you speak I to Dickie and his throwing it, swinging it, pitches above. I guess maybe when you're behind one nothing, you get anxious in that situation, win or go home, and you feel the pressure like you're talking about. Or when you know they've elongated these strike zones, maybe you're swinging at things that are outside of your zone too, Bri, when you know, hey, these guys aren't giving us any calls. And that high strike was being called regardless. Swing at. Yep. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I, 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 I was off the air when this came down, but I, I've still not heard a rational explanation for why the guy at third base got knocked off the base by an opposing player and was tagged out. They go review it for three, four minutes, and he comes back. The ump had called him safe, and then they say he's he's out. Is it has anybody been able to come up with a reasonable explanation for that? You're really? talking about the Florida game, right? Uh, no, it was uh, which game was that, Brian? TCU, Wake Forest, or TCU? I thought it was TCU, uh, something uh, ORU or something like that. Yeah, I think okay. We got to ask Burke about that. We'll ask Burkey about that coming up because momentarily. If that's, if that's the case, then why couldn't you? aggressively sweep off why couldn't a first baseman every time sweep off a hand and yep. tag him out yep shove a guy off a and, base hey tony and and and, and you know again talk about the achievement of this team has been great all year um that definitely at the end of the year you could definitely say overall even though sometimes our pitching was erratic by some of our elite players for the most part our pitching truly did carry this team because I want you to look at Mississippi State. Mississippi State was a complete opposite. They had a team that could hit. They had no pitching, and they were, were terrible. So could you imagine if we didn't have the pitching we had, what our record would have been with oh. our average hitting? Because our batting oh. average was very weak. Uh-huh. We would have won. Yeah. Right. We would have won uh, probably, what, 30-game league schedule. Uh, Tennessee's lineup was commensurate with a team that could have gone about 10 and 20 with average pitching. Yes. And, no joke. So, I'm not joking. They'd have won yeah. one out of three in the league. Yeah, and so, you know, the the opportunities there for a lot of guys to return and get better for the year, sure. which I think they will. When I'm sitting there looking at our staff and I'm going, I've got Burns, Bean, and Russell as my, my starting three guys for the weekend. Oh, I love that, man. Now, and but and here's the one thing I think Tony has helped in the recruiting of the freshmen. The one weakness on our pitching staff is what? Elite left-handed pitching. Well, he's got two coming in next year, Tony, out of out of high school rank. That kid up in East Tennessee in y'all's backyard, that kid has incredible stuff. And uh, those two guys coming in will be used a lot in the bullpen next year. We'll, we will have some left-handers 
that we can throw out there and make some things happen. And that will be huge to be able to mix up righty lefties that we did not have this year. Richard, you're the man. Thank you. 865-200-5402. We'll get some calls in. Chris Burke as well. It is your Bastilio show. It's a Wednesday. Dr. Sean Sinclair is here. We're picking up the pieces after last night. And i got to ask Cinco about these latest two commitments in football as the train, the hype train, just keeps on chugging right on down the tracks after this. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Parks Motor Sales was founded by my granddad, Bobby Parks, and my great-granddad, Julian Mays, in 1958. We've been family-owned the whole time, and being family-owned, locally-owned, means you get to get your next vehicle or your existing vehicle serviced by the same people who stand in the grocery line with you, drop their kids off at the same school you do, and smile and are happy to see you when they do. So come see us at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee on 919 Nashville Highway or ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service, and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. 
Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. Coming to the Mule House in Columbia on June 27th at 7 p.m., an evening of hope, a great night of music to benefit the Room at the Inn of Murray County. Brandon Heath, Riley Clemens, Leanne Crawford, Apollo Limited, and special guest Al Andrews will be performing starting at 7 p.m. Get your tickets today at www.themulehouse.com. Come enjoy the evening and support this important ministry. June 27th, 7 p.m. Tickets at www.themulehouse.com. Farmer Johnny here, Taylor Family Farm. I want to give you all a little look-see. We raise 100% non-GMO, grass-fed beef, pasture chicken, and pork on our family farm. Everything that we grow is raised with love and care to ensure the highest quality and nutrition for our family and customers. You can shop online at taylorfamilyfarmtn.com or visit our farm store in person at Etheridge, Tennessee at 301 Dave Reisner Road. That's taylorfamilyfarmtn.com for more information. This is Clayton Harris, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. Chrissy Boy Burke is getting ready to join us here momentarily, who's at the College World Series working for ESPN. He was in the stands last night as a disgruntled fan, and he'll give us his uh, interpretations of what we saw. And if he does impressions, maybe he'll do his impression, give us his impression of what we saw last night. So Chris Burke will join us here momentarily. Let's go back to the phones and get our next call in. Hello and welcome. You're on the Tony Basilio Show. It is a Wednesday, sports fans. Hello. Hey, Tony. Hey, welcome in. Hey, so a couple of thoughts on some things that you've mentioned. Sure. Um, first of all, I, I don't know that I can stomach watching any more of the World Series this year. Um. I'll check my phone every now and then and check scores and, and pull for weight to pull it out, but I think that's about all I'd be able to do. I can certainly Secondly, understand how you, someone could feel that way, although I, I've i gotten to be where, depending on how, I, I didn't expect this team to win the whole thing, honestly, so I'm not as heartbroken as I was last year or as tore up about what happened last night. Last year was hard for me to watch college baseball beyond that super regional this year, not quite so much because I didn't have the type of expectation. This is a wonderful I, – I think this is a wonderful sporting event that yeah, I've really come to appreciate it over the last few years, and I don't know if Sean feels the same way, but I'll, I'm going to find myself watching as much as I can from here on. And Yeah, I, it's, I understand that. You know, Tennessee and Tennessee, I actually started to appreciate this even, even before Tennessee got good. I started to enjoy watching this, just the, just the tournament. 
And I thought, well, you know, if the balls ever got good at it, this could be something that the fans could have a lot of fun with. And sure enough, that came right. to pass, thankfully. Yeah. Uh, secondly, to answer your question, I think this is the best coaching job we've seen on campus since um, Bruce Pearl year one, year two. Boom. Um, what he what he did with those, those players and that roster that he inherited was 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 very akin to what Tony did this year. Great point, sir. What's your sir? What's had. your name? I'm gonna get you in the blog tomorrow. What's your name? Uh, Craig. Craig. Okay. Thank you. Great call. Tony, hey, Tony, hey, Tony, Tony, Tony recruited all these players, hey, uh, so it makes it a little bit different. Yep. Um, because he didn't, he didn't inherit this roster. He yep. recruited this roster. Yep. But Bruce inherited that mess, and not to say that this Tennessee baseball team was a mess, but they kind of were. But Bruce inherited that mess and, and did something with it that uh, we haven't seen until this year with Tony. He taught a bunch of kids to win, and Craig, thank you. Chris Burke now joins us on your TLD Logistics hotline, online, tldlogistics.com. Matt Dixon's working on a TLD Logistics short porch. Chris Burke's featured on that a time or two. Um, Let me bring Chris Burke in now without further ado, who was there last night as an agitated fan. Berkey, what would you make of uh, seeing the Vols bow out last night? We are marveling at what an incredible coaching job it was. And really for the kids to squeeze as bad as much as they could at uh, toothpaste out of the tube this year. That was a real nice showing by that bunch. <clears throat> yeah, it was uh, kind of a typical CD Ameritrade, or let me rephrase that, Charles Schwab uh, Stadium game. In mid June, where the, you know the, the when you get that that south wind and it's extremely hot like it is right now, it just unfortunately kind of takes the home run out of it um, and makes the game you know extremely difficult from an offensive standpoint. And I think we we've seen a lot of when you get those conditions, we've seen a lot of kids rise up and have big-time pitching performances because I just think, you know, it, it, anybody that's ever played golf knows the difference of standing on a tee with the wind at your back and a downhill hole, and they know the, the mental side of that as opposed to an uphill tee shot without a bounce on both sides and the wind in your face. Like, you're still hitting a driver, but – man, it feels a lot different, right? So that's kind of the deal. It's like you stand on that bump with the wind blowing at your back 20 miles an hour on a ballpark that's already pretty spacious, and you'll see some kids from time to time just pitch way above what maybe their season totals say they should. And, boy, Nate Ackenhouse certainly did that last time. He was just spectacular, especially with the way he filled up the strike zone and Pitched in, you know, which was which was really impressive. But again, I think there's a lack of fear with some of these guys in those scenarios. And so, you know, I thought Drew being pitched pitched fine. He, you know, uh, not his sharpest, but he certainly gave Tennessee a chance. And you just at some point you got to come up with a big hit. They weren't able to do that. Yeah, and Brian made a great point last night that we were just marveling at this event, this College World Series thing. You get in the loser bracket. You need guys like Ackenhausen have to do things they haven't done all year. That's how you advance. 
Tennessee yeah. needed that last night. Tennessee needed somebody that we haven't seen so far in the postseason contribute, run into one, hit a ball in the gap, something, whatever. And it just didn't happen. It happened that LSU had the person in their uniform that, that had the exemplary performance, which, which, which is what makes that such an interesting tournament, uh, Chris. Yeah, yeah. And if you think about it, like game one, as great as Paul Skeens was, if Braden Jobert doesn't go three for four with whatever it was, two or three ribbies and almost hit for the cycle, like that game, the Vols might have stole that one, right? So it, it, that's what you're saying is you, you need somebody to do something that's maybe a little out of the ordinary. And, um, it just didn't quite go Tennessee's way last night. You know, they certainly could have pitched a little better. They could have defended a little better. But at the end of the day, it wouldn't have really mattered unless somebody would have come up with a big hit. Yeah, and, and I guess you just never know. From your perspective being there, it, that third base coach thing throughout time, is all, the guy's always going to get second-guessed. Always. Yeah. That seems like yeah. the hardest job in, in, in baseball, to sit out there, and especially when, and it, when, and it seems like when it rains, it pours on those guys. You don't really notice them, but then they'll get in a span where you'll get two or three of them sort of bunched together, and Tony mentioned that last night. Chris, yep. do you think the bad send the day before impacted uh, Elander's decision not to send last night, or do you think that was a proper decision not to send? I think he would have been thrown out by 20 feet. Um, having, you know, like from a timing, Jordan Thompson is 92 to 94 off the mound. Like Jordan Thompson has a cannon. Uh, and he had the ball right as the guy was arriving at third. Like I, I think he would have been out by a mile. Now I know historically you always want to send that guy, but every play is its own play. Um, you know, two outs, runner on first base, guy hits a double, everybody thinks you're scoring that guy. But the way that one unfolded, I think he certainly would have been out. I also I also think that, I mean, I talked to Josh about it afterwards. Like, his nerve on sending Denton after getting uh, Maui thrown out against Stanford, like, I don't know that you can – I don't know that anybody wants – to have to do that <laughs> like the decision he made to send Denton in that game um, I just I just give him a ton of credit because similar to a quarterback on third and long like you got to be able to forget your past mistakes and and throw the ball where the read tells you to throw it regardless of what might happen and I think Josh Elander I think he, he made a lot of really good decisions um, and I think yes you can nitpick them but Looking back, I think the guy would have been thrown out easily. That's why I love Chris Burke. We can, we can. Uh, I don't know if we can agree to disagree because I didn't know that about their shortstop. Uh, to me, in college baseball, I'm making you make that play, but I see what Burke's saying field and why field. he's do what. It's, he's not the he's not the slickest fielding guy in the world. Yeah. but he's got a big time arm. Okay, I, I'm yeah. I'm I'm respecting. I'm respecting you saying that. Let's bring Sean Sinclair in here as a question for Chris Burke, who joins us, who's working this event for ESPN and has a few seconds for us. Go ahead. And thank you, Chris, for making a few seconds. Go ahead, Sean. Hey, Chris, really appreciate you being on here. I love love listening to you and uh, Kyle and Big Ben chop it up. It's uh, 
it's more entertaining at times than the game. So, so uh, you got a you three have a big fan here. Appreciate uh, my question. My question to you is that um, you know we we we're all talking about the strike zone, et cetera. That's that's okay. That that usually works itself out. But you and Ben were on the call where there was that crazy third base play where the guy gets in a pickle, uh, ends up with two. The the defender knocks inadvertently knocks the guy off third and then tags him out. He's called safe. He goes back. They review it for seemingly forever and then turn the <laughs> call. And you you two were you two were flummoxed, no question about it, in there. And I, I just I I get the rule, I get all that stuff, but what's to prevent a first baseman from hard sweeping uh, a base runner coming back to the bag and then tagging them out. I, I I still have not heard a, a legitimate reason why that was a correct call. Yeah, it, it was. There was a lot of things. I'll say we to be politically correct here. A lot of things we could do different. I'll, like speaking as college baseball. I, I think looking back, the reason the review took so long is because they really wanted. They didn't feel like they had a. a, a you know how we got to get in the legal ease and all this stuff. Like they didn't feel like they had a reason to call him safe based on the circumstances that were presented to them, but it, it felt like the only because to me, I'm like, well, if the only thing you could review whether he was out or safe based on the tag and where his foot was, the review should have taken one minute because he was clearly off the base and he was clearly being tagged. So if that's all you were reviewing, why did it take ten minutes? Well, it took ten minutes because they knew that it was he got forced off the base again inadvertently but nevertheless still forced off the base apparently the problem was on the field the umpire did not declare that he thought that he was forced off the base and so once on the field the umpire declares that mm. They can't review an umpire's assessment of it. I mean, it was really, mm. but I'm like, I'm like, well, okay, if one of the umpires viewed that, why didn't the other umpires go, hey, hey, hey I know that's what you thought, but dude, he got, the guy's diving at his knee. He, he had no choice but to give way so that his, he wasn't put in a uncomfortable position with his lower body. You know, like there's just a million things I wish. But what was really frustrating to me, I said on the air, is they called him safe on the field. How many times do we see people just stick with the call on the field? They called him safe on the field. I would have loved for him to just them come back and say the call on the field stands and just move on. Like Because I don't think there any Oral Roberts coaches could have had a problem with the fact that the guy was essentially forced off the base due to the momentum of the fielder. Crazy play. I, I, I really was not happy with the way it it went down for a number of reasons. Uh, but at the end of the day, the, the explanation is that the umpire on the field did not rule that the, the fielder forced him off the base, which was clearly erroneous. Replay's idiotic sometimes, Chris. When you're, oh, I know. You've hated it from well, the no, beginning. I mean, when you're, when you're captive to something like that, look, if I can go to a replay and it shows that that's what occurred and you can't call that, because you're stuck in some, like you called it, legalese or some kind yeah. of verbal yeah. mumbo jumbo jerk. We have a problem. We, we do. We got to get that out of the game, out of all these it's games. It's real simple. Why was he out? Yes. 
He it's was real simple. The dude dove at his leg. Right. Okay. Right. Then he's safe. Then he's safe. And the, and that's the worst part is the that's rule right. actually allows for that interpretation. But because that interpretation was not apparently made on the field, then yeah. they can't review that interpretation. Which again, we're back in these. Well, and the really, second and the second thing is, Chris, I love baseball so much because every night I watch it, no matter where I watch it, I will see something I've never seen before. Yeah, that's right. And that's, that's right. Brian Hartman, jump in, and Chris has to go. Go ahead, Brian. Yeah, Chris, do you expect Wake Forest and Florida to advance today? And for LSU, how are they going to piece together a pitching staff that could get them to the next couple of days? Is there any chance Skeens would return tomorrow if they're lucky enough to win today? And do you expect yeah, Florida think, to I go out Skeens, and take care of business think, right away? I think Skeens is in play. Uh, TCU is going to start the kid who started game one for them, the freshman. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's an interesting storyline to watch here in a couple hours. That'll be That'll be fun. And then, of course, Caglione, um, who's, we all know, high, high, low, lows, like um, hasn't pitched in 19 days. Mm. So, uh, what's up, Teddy? Um, okay, thank you, bro. Um, pulling back into the hotel. So, like, it's really interesting. I mean, on paper, everybody say, oh, Florida's going to win. But you got an extremely reliable starter on the mound for TCU, albeit on a little bit of short rest. But then you have Caglione, who, yeah, he might go out there and throw six shutout. But, you know, if the command is wobbly, he might be out there in the second. Um, and then all bets are off, right? So uh, there's some interesting storylines. As far as LSU, you know, I was one of the ones that was never off the LSU bandwagon. I always liked their pieces, even though they weren't necessarily pitching well. Um, and so I, I, I think – you're going to see LSU has capable arms down there that if they do what Ackenhausen did last night, which is go out there and throw a bunch of strikes, um, the field will allow you to have success. Like, really, the only way you don't have success right now is is one of two things. Either you give up a bunch of free pa- passes or you run into a performance like Tennessee had the other day where it was just a laser show by Tennessee's offense. Um which is, you know, that's that's a rare feat for a team to be able to string together that many hits. Burke, have you seen the TV numbers which just came in for Saturday night? No, I'd love to see them. Tennessee oh. LSU Saturday night had 1.6 million viewers opposite U.S. Open Golf in primetime. That gives me chills. U.S. Open Golf in primetime on network television had 6 million viewers. That college baseball game 1.6 million is mirac- miraculous, miraculous. Second highest rated baseball game of the weekend, uh, MLB or college, behind the Mets-Yankees game last Wednesday, which drew 1.9. That is a great number. Isn't that awesome? Do you not love our that, game, man? You're, that's game, sports our, growing. Our game's in a great place. It's only going to get better. You, you think about it, you know, Paul Skeens and Dylan Cruz really helped the situation, obviously. Um, but when you see, I, I've said this a couple times, when Dylan Cruz passes up millions of dollars to come to college and then everything goes according to script, now they might not get the whole thing done, but obviously he's going to end up making himself six, seven more million dollars. He's built his brand in a way that you could never do in the minor leagues, and he's got a life full of experiences. Yep that culminated in a college world series. Yep. That's only going to motivate more and more 
big time high school players to choose to do the same thing. And with the with the transfer portal pushing all the best players in the country to the to the big name programs, and with more and more high school pro- prospects choosing college initially over pro ball, like this this deal ain't going anywhere. It's a rocket ship. It's going to keep going up. And um, I'm so I'm so glad the Tennessee program is right in the middle of it. I just wanted to share that with you, brother. Hey, have a great day, that. man. Good, great Thanks, talking to you, Berkey. Yes, sir. Appreciate- and, okay. and I'll tell you this, guys like Chris Burke are reason the sport's growing. You know, he's off the air right now, but I'll say that about him on the TLD Logistics hotline on online at tldlogistics.com. Guys like Walker and, and him, Ben McDonald, guys we've had on in the past, Bry, these major league guys that played, but they love that college game. They've Chris Burke has, is, is one of the guys helping to grow the sport. He would never say that, but I'm, he goes on – Radio shows all over the country as both an ambassador for the University of Tennessee and for that sport. And they've hooked me, Bri. I never thought they'd hook me. Yeah, he, he's been like that ever since his playing career ended. Yep. yep. He pretty much went straight to the broadcast booth. Yep. And hasn't looked back. And Todd Walker, maybe pretty much the same thing there. And Ben McDonald. So just, last uh, year, Notre Dame. great guys to have in your corner. Last year, Notre Dame. And Oklahoma did 1.4 million in the same time slot with nothing on opposite them. This was opposite a United States, a compelling U.S. Open, um, and that U.S. Open did six million viewers in prime time opposite the Tennessee game, and then the U.S. Open ended up later on peaking at eight million. But that is a tremendous, tremendous showing college baseball's never broken two million for a non-championship series broadcast so for them to get over 1.5 million for the first time ever and to do it against a golf major and tennessee's box office sean we keep saying that this tennessee baseball team under tony vitello their box office the power t is and i can't believe because there was no power t when we were in school the quote-unquote power t but the power T is now becoming synonymous with winning. <clears throat> no matter where you look, I was thinking about this the other day. No matter where you look, football, Josh Heupel, you can you can say whatever you want about Georgia and, and Tennessee's on an upward trajectory in football. Uh, there's no question. Basketball is hanging around. It, it, good. I mean, we're we're a we're a perennial March Madness team. Whether we go all the way or not, nonetheless. Softball, you're right there. Baseball, you turn around. What do you want to do? Well, if say someone just wanted to check in, what's the little old Tennessee got going on at in golf? Oh, well, there they are. What tennis? Well, there they are. Swimming? Well, there they are. You said it earlier a couple of weeks ago. Whether or not Danny White uh, curated all these coaches is irrelevant because the the orange and white checkerboard is, is I mean, is in play right now. And if you, it's okay to lose uh, in front of 1.6 million. It, it's absolutely okay because just to be seen. What is this? Just spell the name right. We are in it, you and that it. is going to drive more and more. It, it's going to drive more and more kids to apply here. It's going to drive more and more money. Yep. And I and and I'm of the opinion that the brick and mortar university is 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 not what it used to be. And that's what this this place needs. 
um, and, and developing. You know, we we had a chance. We had, we had a chance to. How many times did we say ten years ago that we were going to lose a generation of fans? Yep. Thank God for this just infusion of success uh, that's brought us there. And I and and the other thing is that when you have for you were talking about this the other day about people when you have Vitello when you have yes I was watched this thing yesterday and he talked about the resurgence of the Tennessee baseball program along with the climb of the uh, uh, college baseball as a whole but when you have a guy like that in there and you know talking about how Zane Denton on that little weak grounder down the third baseline. The guy just wanted to make a play. You know, that's all I need to hear. That's, that's fine. I, I'd rather want a guy wanting to make a play to win, and he had his back. Um, Josh Heupel, same way. Um, I, I, I think we're in great hands, and this is a prime time era uh, for Tennessee sports. Hour number two. More phone calls on the way. Hour number two. Those of you that are on hold, stay right there. Uh, because you will speak your piece as we continue on the other side and continue right after this. This is Terry Wilcox, a.k.a. The Chicken Man, a.k.a. T-Willie, and you're listening to 101.7 FM WKOM, Columbia, Tennessee. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, you can always count on us for a great selection of late model, low mileage, one owner vehicles. All have been thoroughly inspected and are ready to go. You can even save time and buy online with our online shopping tool. Looking to sell your vehicle? Great news! We're paying top dollar for your trade. All makes, all models, and in any condition. Trade in and trade up today. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, you can count on us. Hi, Terry Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. When you think of diamonds, what do you think of? Rare, precious, timeless, sparkles like the sun. They are timeless and nothing like them on earth. Then do you think, where do I buy local to buy the perfect ring? Maybe a diamond pendant or earrings or maybe a new diamond band. Look no further. Tillis Jewelry carries all your diamond and jewelry needs. Stop by and see our wonderful collection. And remember, if you don't know your diamonds, know your jeweler. Tillis Jewelry, downtown Columbia. This is Dr. Dominic Mancini from the Dr. Gill Center. If your car was damaged in an auto accident, chances are you'd fix the car. Why wouldn't you give that same attention to yourself? Untreated whiplash injuries of the spinal column may lead to conditions such as headaches, numbness in the arms, neck and back pain. The doctors at the Dr. Gill Center specialize in detecting and treating such injuries from an auto accident. Accident consultations are free. Call me painfree.com or call 615-551-9224. In today's uncertain world, you can never be too careful about your family's financial future. That's why the Parker Group, a part of Barrett's Private Wealth Management, is offering a free second opinion on your financial plans. Let us review your current plan, and we will identify any gaps and offer suggestions to improve it. Please call the Parker Group at 931-548-3737. That's 931-548-3737. Robert W. Barrett & Company Incorporated does not offer tax or legal advice. Hi, Jimmy here for Columbia Ace Hardware. Columbia Ace Hardware now carries Magnolia Home by Joanna Gaines Paint. Now their premium quality and huge selection of colors will be right in your neighborhood. Along with the award-winning service and advice, Columbia Ace has always provided for your paint projects. Around the block, what you need in stock, with people who know their paint. Columbia Ace, the helpful place. Ace is the place. 
always with the helpful hardware folks. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. Do you have trees that need trimming or removed? Do you have stumps that you want ground? A1 Tree Removal is a family-owned and operated business local to Columbia and Lewisburg and servicing surrounding Middle Tennessee. They are licensed and insured and provide free estimates. No job is too big. No tree is too small. Give old Luke a call or text Luke at 931-359-3113. Or you can check them out on Facebook and tell A1 Tree Removal that you heard this ad on the radio. If you love America, you will love A1 Tree Removal. June is Dairy Month, and the Murray County Farm Bureau salutes our dairy farmers and the dairy industry for the many contributions to our economy and our health. Milk is the original nutritional powerhouse drink with 8 grams of protein and 13 essential nutrients to keep you energized all summer long. Plus, who doesn't like ice cream? Our hardworking dairy farmers are dedicated to dairy and proud to help produce nature's perfect food. When you sit down to your next meal, pour one more glass of milk and celebrate June Dairy Month. This is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. TB, back with you. On your Wednesday, Dr. Sean Sinclair in the house, along with Brian Hartman, and uh, and I commend Brian for his output, all the post-game stuff, all uh, the extra special uh, work he's been doing on the blog over at tclub.team. Very commendable, along with the efforts of Matt Dixon as well. Uh, highly commendable. Blessed to have these guys around me. And very proud of the baseball season. Let's go back to the phones. Though Tennessee does have some 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 ways in their game, some things to tighten up heading into next year. Uh, the sport continues to grow, as we talked about. They did a huge number on Saturday. I'm sure last night's game did a very good number. Let's go back to our phones. Hello and welcome into our next call. Hey, guys. Salsa Drew, what's going on? Hey, Drew. Welcome in, brother. Hey, man. Um, well, obviously last night, uh, never fun to lose, but I think in a year where it seemed that the storyline was going to kind of be a continuation of reaping the rewards, so to speak, of the antics of last year's team, uh, I think being able to hang a banner, a, a real banner, and celebrate moving the program forward by winning a game in Omaha, getting to put um, another banner, you know, another number up in our outfield, celebrating a College World Series appearance is, is vitally important for this program, given where we were following that Tennessee Tech loss. I think a lot of us kind of written off that possibility. So really proud of the team. Um, yes, I will be watching the rest of the College World Series because I think all of the teams left are super interesting in their own way. Um, and I think that the product that they're all putting out has been wonderful. You know, So it'll be really hard for me to not watch at this point. I think there's a lot of intrigue and a lot yeah, of storylines, whether it be I, I agree. Wake Forest um, <clears throat> doing what hasn't been done this century. Um LSU, 
uh, get potentially finding a way to get schemes back on the mound and, and working through what they have left. Uh, I think that's worth watching. And yep. then, of course, Florida on the other side. So, uh, yeah, I'll definitely be tuning in. I, I have no idea what to compare this to as far as coaching. Um, I don't want to say – I mean, I, I get kind of the Bruce Pearl thing. I guess the thing that kind of came to mind for me, uh, it's, it's different. I don't know how good of a comparison this is, but it's kind of the Conzo team that was a bad charge call away for potentially making the Elite Eight. I think this team's a lot more talented, and obviously you're comparing apples to oranges with sports and, and coaches and, and their personalities and situations, but – the reason I say that is because I don't think anyone really thought at one point in time during this season that this team was going to make a serious run in the same way no one ever imagined that team was going to make a run. Um, I think that is a so. um, – I think that's an excellent analogy because both those teams look dead in the water. What yeah. year was and that, we Bri? They, we knew they had the talent. Was that 12? What year was that, Bri? That was 2014. 2014, almost yeah, 10 years ago. Yeah, that's when the petition was floating around that everyone wanted to bring back Bruce Pearl, and then Conzo <laughs> and his team just got mad at the end of that season and turned it on and ended up literally could have made, a, could have made it to the Final Four with some luck there. Yep, that was the yeah, year that uh, Josh Richardson went yeah. out of his mind. Yep, he went out of his mind. Yeah, we uh, went to overtime. Was it, was it Devin Marble that Iowa had? He had a pretty good game. Sure did. Dayton, but, yep. Uh, yep. Yeah, that was fun. But, hey, I, I wanted, and if you don't mind, Tony, I'm still having some issues getting onto the uh, app, so if you let me hang out for a few minutes while I listen, I'd appreciate it. Um, what do you mean you're having trouble getting on the app? What do you mean you're having trouble getting on the app? I can't tie my phone lines up, man. What, what do you uh, mean? Well, what do you? I don't know. For whatever reason, I'm still having a hard time with it loading and, and getting What? Up. Um, I can text you. I, I, it's not a big deal. I'm send, sure no, it is a big deal. Here. Send me send me an email, your phone type. Because essentially what happens is, and this is what's been explained to me, that for those of you who have difficulties, let us know. And let us know the model yeah, of phone you have because invariably they can go in there and fix this stuff. We just have to know about it. I don't want anybody getting locked out, okay, Drew? It's mainly going back in and listening um, afterwards, like loading podcasts that I'm having the issue with. That's really frustrating. But I'll send you an email. Please don't. Um, So my question really is about, and I'm sure you guys have discussed this a little bit, but who do we have definitely leaving? Who do we have definitely coming back? Um, Who were kind of the maybes and and do we have any leans um or any idea where some of those guys may be leaning um and then what what holes do we expect this coaching staff to try to fill i mean the bats obviously it seems like we need to improve some of our hitting yeah our ability to um our obp and just kind of curious i guess where where we expect Tennessee to look, whether it be potentially some of the opponents we've already played and guys that could be on some of those rosters, if there's some names in in this very, very, very early stage of the 2024 season that we could be looking to add. Thank you, Joe. Yeah. Where our roster stands. Great talking to you. So tomorrow we're going to do a bunch of that on the air with Matt. Matt is doing a bunch of that in the next TLD Logistics Short Porch. Between now and then, we need to figure out a way to get your phone to let this thing load so you can listen to stuff like that. 
But we'll do a bunch of that tomorrow, uh, and I appreciate the call. Obviously, Tennessee is going to look to add some more vibrant sticks into this lineup going forward. Hello and welcome into our next call, and they will be active in the portal, as all these teams will, because that is the nature of the game now. How are you doing, Tony? Hey, Billy. I'll tell you what. um, There was a country song that was called Making the Best of a Bad Situation, and that's what I believe that Coach Vitale, Coach Tony did this season. He made the best of a bad situation. Can you sing that for me? I guess he's making the best of a bad bad situation. situation. Don't want to make waves, can't you see? I guess he's making the best of a bad situation. And that's all I know, just just the... Just the, the the lines of it, but it was recorded by. Uh, well, he was more of a comedian, an artist by the name of Dick Fuller, who was a comedian, country artist, uh, recording artist. Tony Cinco, are you familiar with Dick Fuller? Cinco. I do not want to touch that one. That's what. Sh- Brian, are you familiar with Dick Fuller? I can't say that I am. All right, sing it again. I don't think I've heard that song. One more time. Give me just give me the first line of that again, Bill. Go ahead. I guess he's making the best of a bad situation. Don't want to make waves, can't you see? I guess he's making the best of a bad situation. Sean, is that is that ringing a bell now? Can you reach back and touch that in the in the uh, in the deep recesses of your mind? I will not touch bad situation. I will not touch Dick Fuller. Well, that's what I believe Coach Tony did. You know, I didn't think that they would make it to Omaha. The only one that did, Tony, was you. But they did. I did not predict it. I just said all year when people were ripping them, and I was ripping them. So let's not act like I was so sick of this team. At one point this year, I could have pulled what was left of my hair out. But my whole thing all year was these guys, if they ever correct this, could get to Omaha. People were really not wanting to hear that, and I get it because they were really frustrating. And the truth is they went into frustrating mode last night. You could see it early on. They were not going to hit that kid. You could just see it. They just had that. Whatever that thing is they did this year when they hit the off button, that button was off last night. So the bottom line is, Tony, we had a good season, but we didn't have a great season. Oh, no, you had a great season, which well, which I want to – this is another thing I want to tackle tomorrow, but I'm going to ask you, Sean, since you won't be here. If you make it to Omaha, you've had a great season. Sean, if you make it to Omaha, is that akin to going to the Elite Eight in basketball or the Final Four? That is going to the Final Four, my friend. But All right, but there are eight teams, but there are eight teams. Bryce at the Elite Eight of the Final Four. You've reached the pinnacle of the sport when you go to the College World Series, just like you reach the pinnacle of the sport if you're in the Final Four. 
So I, I'll say this: I think it's I think it's about the same. It's really hard to get there, Bill. Because you if, had to you yeah. had to win five games to get to Omaha. Yeah. Like basketball, you only got to win four to get to the final. Four. Isn't that interesting? Well, in, in, in baseball, yeah. at, at the College World Series, it's double elimination. You don't have that in the Final Four in basketball. So I think it's I think absolutely it's the Final Four. It's a meat grinder, man, to get there. Yeah, yeah. and it's nearly impossible to stay there. Especially when you have a bracket like Tennessee's. Good night, Almighty. Okay, Tony. There's two teams that I would like to see win a national championship. Hit it. I'm not taking anyone out of the SEC. I would like to see um, either Wake Forest or TCU get the brass ring. Totally agree with that. I will. Di- <laughs> I will cheer against both SEC entrants. Because they're obnoxious. And I can't figure yeah. out who's more obnoxious than whom at this point. And, uh, Tony, um, one thing I was glad of, I was glad that TCU defeated that school whose evangelist I consider very overrated. I'm referring to Oral Roberts, and his famous saying, Tony, was, Deal! That was his famous saying, Tony. Well, Bill, you're the man. Uh, You've done some of your best work today on this call, and you have a Doc Gooden. Let's go back to the phones and get our next call in. 23 past your hour. Hello and welcome in. Greetings. Greetings. Tony. Yo. A couple of things that might have been overlooked uh, relative to yesterday's game. Tennessee was coming off of what? One, I know, maybe two afternoon games going into playing Twilight. And uh, adjustment to that is not easy. They couldn't pick up. They had, they looked like they were having trouble picking up the spin of the ball last night. I totally agree with that. To, totally agree with uh, that. Uh, uh, and... I just I, I think they were having a hard time recognizing uh, spin on the baseball, and uh, I would have been interested to hear what Barky would have had to say about that. Uh, they looked like they were a beat late, and uh, the strike zone didn't help them. I don't think it helped either team. Uh, the umpiring in this College World Series has been abysmally poor. Uh, some of the worst I've ever seen. Well, I, I can't believe that they assigned Angel Compost, who's a defrocked Major League Baseball umpire, who wants to fight with everybody and always has down through the years, the guy with ultimate rabbit ears, to work the Paul Skeens game the other night. Well, how about, how about him totally blundering that fake buck call? Hello. When the other three uh-huh. umpires are going... And I don't even know how you do that. They're going, what are you doing? Hello. He clearly stepped off, you he- moron. Hello. Well, like I said, I've, some of the calls that they've made have just absolutely mystified me. Nope. Uh, the, the, the call that was talked about earlier with Berkey that I listened to yesterday, I was mm-hmm. watching it real time. Mm-hmm. I still don't understand what was going on there. Uh, and and the the deal with him stepping off the rubber that that Doc just mentioned. I mean, it was it was pretty obvious what was going on. 
uh, and I just, yep. I don't get some of this stuff. I mean, uh, so I think what's going to, I hope that after this World Series is over with, that they do a deep dive into what's going on with the umpires. The other thing that's sort of mystifying about that part of it is the fact that they're letting umpires that called SEC games call SEC games or teams in this College World Series. And they haven't done that before, to my knowledge. This is the first one that I recall them doing that in, which I thought they always tried to get umpires to call games that were from other conferences so that there was none of that going on, so nobody could accuse anybody of anything. But that hasn't gone on in this World Series for whatever reason. I don't know why. Pretty interesting. It, it's been, I'll have to say this, this World Series has been the most compelling one that I've seen in years. All the games have basically been good. Very good. Uh, and I hope the last few games that we have are as good as the first part of this World Series has been. And I intend on watching. I mean, I've got For the first time, you may see a number one ranked team actually win the College World Series since 99. And that would be great for Curry, you. And uh, listen, Joe, thank you. Appreciate you. Jeff Borzello reporting the following, Sean, a place you live, the program near and dear to your heart. Memphis coach Penny Hardaway has been suspended by the NCAA for the first three games of the 2023-24 season. Something that breaks Rick Barnes' heart, I'm sure. This is due to recruiting violations and violating head coach responsibility rules per the release. The violations were classified as level two mitigated violations. So when you're around the water cooler this afternoon, remember, level two mitigated violations, whatever that means, and... uh Penny Hardaway so, so let me suspended. Get this, let me get this three games. Yeah. So three games. He can. He. I remember when you ran the ad for the Hardaway Moving Company several <laughs> years ago. And they, uh, you know, it doesn't even. They'll pay you to move your stuff. And they bring in James Wiseman from Nashville to yes. play over there. Yes. For his high school. Yes. That he coached at, and then he goes to Memphis. Then. They do that, and they, he totally snubs the NCAA and says, I don't care what you say. We're playing him anyway. We're playing him anyway. He played kids. He played a kid that was ineligible. Yes. He basically said, F you. Yes. And you get three games. Sean, right? I've is, been... I, I guess. Uh, I guess. I guess they should just, uh, who's the, uh, Will Wade? Will Wade should just, he should be suing everybody. Sean, I, well, I, Bruce Pearl got eight got eight games for a Darren Barber. Yeah, and, and here and here Donnie Kittle I mean, is. Donnie Kittle can't even get a get a get a uh, diet coke on sale. He, he's under the it jail. It shows you how the NCAA power the power has gone out from them. Tyndall yeah. is under the jail. All right, let's they move along. Follow up from Billy Jarvis, who's listening to us today. Thank you, Billy. It's actually Dick Feller and not Dick Fuller. So let's revisit that. Sean Sinclair, anyway, I got to dump that. I got to dump that. That's the dump button on a host. I, I uh, still haven't heard of him. 
No, I've never heard of that feller. And the so radio people, know. the people on our radio feed, know what I'm talking about. But let's uh, let's do this. Eight six five two hundred five four zero two. My Basilio, when you ask for it, time sometimes you just might get it. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in Southern Middle Tennessee, WKOM one hundred one point seven FM, Columbia. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. And I'm Michael Parks Lawrence at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Together, we're Mr. Bobby Parks' grandsons, and we run his dealership, and we are glad to be part of our local community. Being family-owned and operated, we invest heavily in our community. We do things like sports teams, schools, bands, you name it. We try to help everybody we can. The reason why we do this is because we all love this community. So come do business with us, your neighbors, at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, right off Nashville Highway, or at ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, this is Steve, the Garbage Man. Y'all have heard me talk in the past about Packer, our mascot dog. Well, I have some sad news about Packer. She recently crossed over the Rainbow Bridge to join our other beloved pets of the past. Packer lived out her final days on our farm in Water Valley. She had a great 14 years of life after being rescued by Don from being thrown away as a pup in someone's garbage. Rest in peace, Packer. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, my name is Connor Mims. My wife Bradley and I live in Columbia, Tennessee in Riverside. I am a deck and porch builder and my wife is a second grade teacher at Riverside Elementary. My specialty is designing and building elegant and comfortable porches and decks. Let me work with you to design and build the porch or deck of your dreams. Give us a call today from our website, MimsModernLandscape.com. That's MimsModernLandscape.com and check out what we have to offer. Thanks.
Tint on Wheels is changing their Columbia location. You can now visit us at 406 South James Campbell Boulevard, the same window tinting you've trusted for over 30 years on all types of windows, car, business, or residential. We now offer accessories to elevate your ride. It's only getting bigger and better. With three locations, Columbia, Lewisburg, and Lawrenceburg, we do our best for you. Summer's coming. Let's get you ready. Call 931-619-TINT today. This is Bob Kessling with Pat Ryan. It's a beautiful day for digging. The backhoe operator has the engine running and is moving into position. He's heading for the ground. He's in there. Wait, there's a flag on the play. Let's get out of the field for the call from our official. Illegal procedure on the digging team. Oh, that penalty could cause a costly accident. That's right, Bob. He needs to call before he digs. There's underground utility lines that could be hiding just below the surface. Water, sewer, electrical, communication lines, and even natural gas. Avoid a penalty by first calling 811 to have any underground public utility lines located and marked with flags or paint. It's free, it's easy, and it's the law. For more tips, visit pipesafety.org. This message brought to you by the Tennessee Association of Broadcasters and the Tennessee Gas Association, funded in part by a grant from the Underground Utility Damage Enforcement Board. This is Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools and the Big Yellow School Bus. You're listening to Front Porch Radio on 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. It's pretty outstanding. That, uh, that World Series apparel they have at Alumni Hall is great. And I would encourage you to get out there and and get you some of get you some of that to commemorate what was a great run by the Tennessee baseball team. Laban DeFries now joining me, and then we'll go back to our phones. But my friends at eight six five Alliance, who are the gold, and I do mean the gold standard, Laban DeFries. No pressure on you, but you are the gold standard. Uh, when it comes to soccer instruction and following the great game uh, in our uh, incredible area that we happen to be blessed to live in. You and I are two guys not from from these parts originally, but we're both extremely blessed to be here. We were talking about that off yep. the air. 865 Alliance is having a camp that's going to run June 26th through June 30th over at Alliance Park. Coach Laban DeFries uh, will be there. Uh, along with other dignitaries. And, Laban, tell me about this camp, when it's going to run, all the good stuff as I welcome you in. Good. I appreciate you you having me on. Yeah, the the camp is for um, uh, kids and, and players from ages uh, 8 to 19 that uh, uh, want to work on the game, want to learn soccer, um, want to learn foot skills, uh, ball mastery, um, uh, and have a lot of, have a lot of fun fun doing it we'll certainly do a lot of soccer but uh we do things like uh you know there'll be a instructor versus player uh water pistol water gun fight so the players bring their own guns and it's, it's interesting how they come up with all these uh you know wild guns to play the water fight with and balloon fight so that, you know there's a lot going on we definitely do soccer that's why we're there but we want the kids to have a good time and we find that the 18 year old uh, uh love the, the the fun stuff that we do as much as they you know. so um uh our our men on the eight six five men's team are gonna be working the camp. Our women on the eight six five women's team will be working the uh, the camp so the the players get a chance to interact with the uh with the players that they follow 
and uh, and, and see out on the field. So uh, um, get pictures and selfies and all all the fun stuff. So I think I think we got a great week of camp, and it's for anybody. You don't have to be uh, part of any club or anything that sort of thing. It's it's for anybody that just wants to come and uh, ha- have a good week of soccer camp and uh, enjoy themselves. Eight six five Alliance Camp runs June twenty sixth through June thirtieth. More information at FC Alliance Knox, FC Alliance Knox dot uh, com. You'll find more information there. And uh, Laban, you on here have such an infectious personality. I bet you have so much fun with the kids when you get an opportunity like this to get a break from the serious stuff. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think one of the things about coaching is. Uh, to, you know, you got to be able to cut up with the kids a little bit. You know, cut up with your players a little bit. It doesn't matter really what age. I mean, everybody likes to to, to, to be relaxed and, and and feel like they're in an environment where they can enjoy themselves and be themselves and and uh, tell a knock knock joke or two or that sort of that sort of thing. So um, uh, yeah, for myself, you know, coaching and all the coaches, uh, I think that's uh, that's certainly part of it. Uh, you got to be able to cut up with the players a little bit, and the kids, and, and uh, have a good time, and uh, you know, teach them to play. Uh, a soccer. If you can combine the two, I think that's the that's the formula in in uh, in some manner. Sport continues to grow in our country. In in your mind, the messy news and the fact that he's chosen to come over here and uh, in mid July is going to make his um, debut for Miami. The significance mm-hmm. of that in terms of growing the game, getting guys like that on our shores to play. Yeah, I mean, in in uh, in our country, I think just the investment in, uh, in facilities, stadiums, in player development, coaching education, uh, the recreational level, just the uh, the local growth in, in every city, every state, um, and certainly Major League Soccer. Then having a guy like Messi uh, come over, um, being the, the the best player in the uh, in the in the world. Um, is just going to absolutely. I think the average person that doesn't follow soccer knows Lionel Messi, and are, are interested in seeing him on uh, seeing him play, seeing him on TV. But also, Lionel's going to bring some of his buddies over. I think there's other other people from fantastic clubs um, that he knows that you know he's got on a speed phone. He just called and said, "Hey, I'm going to go over to America and have fun for two or three years. It's an amazing country. Uh, MLS is growing." And uh, would you come over here and uh, and, and join me? It'll be, it'll be fun. And I think he's had a lot of response and a lot of effect on top-notch guys from top clubs that are are now looking at MLS and saying we do want to be a part of it. We're, we're gonna we're gonna come over as well. So uh, you couldn't measure what a, what the world's best player could do in coming over to your country and playing your league. Uh, it's just, uh, it'll be incredible. I remember being a kid and when Pele decided to come to our shores and guys like Franz Beckenbauer and Giorgio Canalia and, yeah. and Philly, great English players like David Robb and people like that. And uh, um, Georgie Best was out in L.A. Yeah. Man, that impacted me as a kid. And that's where I fell in love with the game. And looking back on it, they were playing on artificial surfaces. It was in big baseball yeah. stadiums. It was nasty. Now uh-huh. they're doing it in, like you said, now they're doing it in soccer-specific stadiums with great sight lines. Future's got a real, the, the, that sport's got a real future in this country. 
It does. It does have a real future. The the kids that had played soccer have now grown up. Um, are coaches now? They have you know their two or three kids are playing soccer, and you can you finally see generational coaches that actually you know managed to find a soccer field back in the seventies and eighties and nineties, and now they're coaches. Their whole family plays, and they're they're coaching their kids. So um, the the market and just the call for soccer at the professional level is just simply there now because you got entire families that used to go to football and baseball. Now they want to go. To, they want to go see a soccer game. And, and there's and, and, and there's room for everything. You know, the, my my whole thing is because we have a culture that when you talk about soccer, they blanch or people get angry or whatever. I think there's room for everything. Why can't we enjoy all the sports? Right. Great point. It, it absolutely, it absolutely is. Um, you know, instead of uh, hanging around um, at a at home on a given night, you've got uh, you got so many choices. And before you did, you didn't have soccer as a choice. It That's just right. wasn't the facilities. It That's just right. wasn't the, the the investment. And now, uh, because of the interest, uh, you know, there is investment, and uh, there's just uh, uh, interest in being able to go to a soccer game as well as enjoying our beloved. Our beloved Tennessee Volunteer football and baseball exactly. team and, and, and all that sort of thing. So it's just absolutely another thing that you have an opportunity to go spend time with your family and, and, and get a hot dog and doing being outside. And absolutely. That, and my friends at FC Alliance continue to grow the game. And Laban DeFries is is one of the wonderful lights that they have in our community. And I appreciate him uh, doing what he does. 865 Alliance Camp is going to run June 26th through the 30th, so it's right around the corner. Uh, and he's going to lead the camp, boys and girls, all ages, everybody welcome. Uh, more information over at FC Alliance Knox. Is it dot org dot com? I, I don't miss. I believe it's dot com. I believe it's yeah. fcalliance.com. And, and the camp, it's going to be like a day camp, going to run in the morning, 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. daily. And like Laban said, they're going to introduce people to the sport. And then also, it, the more advanced players will get some up more upper-level instruction, but yep. something geared for everyone, essentially. Is that right? That's absolutely, absolutely correct. Um, our men's players will be there working, giving instruction. So if you're a high-caliber player, high-level player, uh, you'll have an opportunity to get high-level instruction with high-level topics. If you're a new player, well, then you'll get a uh, new type of uh, instruction, and uh, we'll try to make it fun and, and uh, keep you interested and introduce you to the game. Laban DeFries, I love you. I appreciate you. Thank you, Thank my you. friend. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on. Anytime. Thank you very much. You got it. Laban DeFries, one more time. Let's go back to our phones, 865-200-5402. And we're picking up the pieces, but appreciating on the Tennessee baseball team. And we've had a lot of interesting conversation. Hey, Sean, before I go to the phones, just one, one comment from you. What do you make of Tennessee's last couple of commitments and the fact that they continue to stack that defense? Well, it's a, a couple of good pickups. Uh you take a look at the most recent one, the linebacker out of uh, Pace Academy in Atlanta. I think he fits more into the uh, mold of uh, what they got last year. Not Arian Carter. I think he's just Arian Carter. I think he's a, I think he's a step above. But uh, he, he just another one 
uh, in a nice, um, long armed athlete, about six, two, uh, can run a little bit, but, uh, you know, physical. So they are really getting depth in that, uh, position. And then Boo Carter, who's just a fantastic athlete. There's a lot of talk about, you know, how big he is, uh, you know, how fast he is, et cetera, but nobody doubts how much of a player he is. And also, He's one of those players that in state seems to be a bell cow and a kind of, oh, I don't know about, um, solid or galvanizes the class, kind of gives legitimacy to a class, uh, because you, you know, what he commits and then, uh, Caleb Beasley, who's a friend, Caleb, Caleb Beasley, you know, uh, solidifies his commitment and, you know, and then we got some other kids, Amari Jefferson, et cetera, and all these guys know each other. So, another nice pickup. Um, uh, we're in the we're in the mix right now with some. You know, last week and this week are the two big weekends uh, mm-hmm. pre pre uh, fall camp for recruiting. So, what Tennessee is Tennessee is uh, recruiting with the biggest of big boys, and hopefully we can get uh, get a few of those. X was saying the other day. That you know, you got to kind of take it and put it in perspective. When you're going against the big boys, you're going to get fewer numbers in terms of commitments and bangs. But when you get when you beat those guys for players, you're going to make some rather loud noises, which is what's happened. But it can go dormant for a while when you're going against those guys because the degree of difficulty for landing players. But his point was, Sean, you don't see Tennessee recruiting against the Maryland's of the world and the Purdue's of the world and, and he said, No offense to those programs, but now you see kids when you see uh the guys that are Tennessee targets, you see Alabama, Georgia, uh the Florida States, the Oklahomas, the USC's, uh, the the Ohio States and uh, you know it's a it's a point worth noting. It is. It's a that's a double edged sword or a double sided coin, if you will, too. Because um, <clears throat> true, you're recruiting against the best of the best. That tells you you're recruiting the best athletes out there. However, <clears throat> it diminishes it for me a little bit, simply because now um, you're in an NIL game. Yep. And um, I, I do not believe that kids go to the highest bidder. Uh, I, yeah, I believe that they go where they want to go, and then the, the NIL bid will follow, uh, unless it's just an absolute. And then, and you got in this day and time, it's all about package. You know, it, can you, can you get the family a house? Can you get the family a job? Can you mm. get the? Can everybody in the entourage get a car? Mm. On on and on. So. You know, the waking up early and, and, or, you know, and getting the new Sentinel, you know, pick that up, uh, in the, before you go to work or listen to Bill King at night on, uh, 1510 LAC, you know, uh, on an evening jog trying to get the last little bit. You know, it's, it's changed because now the, yeah. the folks that fire and their, and their counterparts throughout the country are really major players and that, that stuff's unreported. You don't know what's going on. So uh, it's a little bit different. But the fact of the matter is, we're get, no matter how many we get, it's more than we used to get. 
Back to the phones we go. Yeah, that's that's a good sign. The romance has gone from it, though, to Sean's point of view. I agree. The thing I I loved, the thing I loved back in the day was you beat it. You 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 get a great recruit, and you got him because of solid recruiting. They got a great recruit. They cheated. Now everybody's paying everybody. Let's go to the phones, and I'm for that because I want the kids to make money. I always have. Hello and welcome into our next call. Hey, what's up, Thomas Lee, man? Hey, Lee. Great to talk to you, my friend. There's no way Dick Fuller is a real person, man. Sorry. but His name is actually, we've confirmed, and Sean, you stay silent on this and you behave yourself. His name is actually Dick Feller. Dick Feller. Oh, come on. Okay. Well, that case totally real. <laughs> but, t- but I will say this. We are... We are absolute simpletons here, and I have 12-year-old sense of humor. So there you have it. <laughs> I'm 40, man. Uh, I, I don't want to take up a lot of time, man. Just reiterate a lot of the things about the baseball team. I, it was a ridiculously good coaching job. Um, getting that team to Omaha, um, I, I thoroughly enjoyed, like, the last month of the season. I mean, and I didn't think I, I would ever say that, to be honest, given how the season was playing out. So, just ridiculously good coaching job. I mean, it, it sucks to go out like that last night. Yes. Play the kind of game that we played. Um, I mean, there's a lot of decisions you can question, obviously. Um, maybe they make a difference. Maybe they don't. You know, if you send if you send Stark, maybe the guy doesn't make the throw. And it's a tie game and things, things go differently from there. Who knows? But, um that part of it sucks. The other part of it that sucks is I hate getting beat by a couple of pitchers. That, to be honest, I'm I'm not sure they're any better than like some of the community college pitchers around here. I agree with that. I, I called the guy mid majors pit mid major pitchers in my uh, in my report this morning. I don't back away from that. There's a reason LSU didn't use those guys this year. Yeah. Uh, and I will say this for LSU, looking at just the body types of their players. They look like a beer league softball team, like a recreational softball team, uh, at several positions. It is so strange looking at them in the modern era. Uh, but well, you know what? Like they, it works it for them. Like, yeah, I mean, it looks like they they had a cap and they spent a lot on the top end and had to fill out the roster with guys that don't cost much. I mean, that's what it looks like. Yeah, I, and and one of those guys, maybe two of those guys, beat us last night. And by the way, Ron Higgins t- um, just tweeted out, LSU's 5 nothing win over the Vols. The second shutout for that program in 71 College World Series games all time. So that's something to make you feel good about yourself. Well, well I actually get some in on my next point. Yeah. Th- th- this feels... The venue in the field. I'm sure the venue is fine. You're and exactly listen, I, right. Nothing against, nothing against Omaha. I've heard it's a great experience like to go, yep. to be in person. Like I know they treat the players well. But, one, if you're one of the millions of people watching on TV, it's just another stadium. It's some, it's, there's nothing special about yep. it. It's another regular stadium. There's no ambiance to it. Um, talked about this with a couple people before. They need to move this thing. Move it around. Put it in a different place. Give it something special. Play it in a couple of major league parks. Because I'm sorry, there's nothing special about that field. Um, it, it, on top of that, it, it it's not it's not what college baseball is the whole season. You've got that ginormous field 
then all of a sudden, the, with the wind starts blowing in, and the game isn't indicative of what what it is the whole season in college. I, I think of runs when I think of college baseball. I think of kids mashing baseballs out of parts, like, and it's just it's just something I, I don't feel like that's indicative of what happens there in Omaha. And then you go on top of that, you've got umpires that that are elongating their strike zones, making it even harder to score. And I, I don't know. I, I just I feel like it would be better if they moved that thing around. Um, I, I don't. That, that park is is what it is. I just don't see what's so special, in certain, what's so special about it. In in certain major league parks, wouldn't it be just as hard to hit home runs in? You think? I, I think some, but if you could, but what if you played it in Houston inside? I mean, I, I think there's some. That I think you're dead more, right. More offensive. I I don't understand. I get that everybody says, well, it's a field of dreams. It's this. It's that. But it is not representative of college baseball. Sean, as Lee says that, your thoughts on it? Because I think Lee's right. Go ahead, Sean. Respectfully, I could not disagree with you two either any more than humanly possible. That, that I, I've lived in uh, Omaha uh, back in the day when Arizona State was there and Maine and some of those schools that aren't there anymore. And that community took that tournament. Look, <laughs> Look, Knoxville is three years into this ride. That thing's been there for 60, 70 years. And they have the they've taken change, it when nobody nobody wanted it. Nobody gave a flip about college baseball. John, people are watching it now, and it's not representative of the college game. It's just not. Well, what's, what's not representative? As long as you have a fair playing field for two teams... What's not representative? There's no scoring in these games, Sean. That, 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 that's a freak of thing. The, the wind could go out some other time. It, it just—I understand what you're thinking, but they, you two have the—you uh, two seemingly have the thing of, of what you criticize the Rust Belt people coming to Tennessee for and trying to change everything. No, I just want to see the kids grow up. I just want to see a championship to go to Omaha. I want to see a championship in that sport. Okay, well, why why is it a big deal to go to play to that in that dilapidated piece of crap Madison Square Garden? Yeah, but Madison Square Garden doesn't change the sport that's played in it. I mean, what we're saying is it's not representative of the game. It's not. It's not the same game played in that park. It's just not. I, th- I think. I think when you. I, I think when you change tradition, you're doing what NASCAR did. Nobody's not going to watch that. If you move it from Omaha, nobody's going to be like, "I'm not watching this because it's not in Omaha." I agree with that. Now, like I, said, I, I get it. I get it. If you're there, like I understand what it means to the community. You can still hold it there once every so often. Like I, that's fine. Well, it's the Orange Bowl. Have it there. There's thirty orange. There's thirty bowl games. I mean, I know. Let's, I, let's, I don't know. let's move the Ro- let's move the Rose Bowl to to uh, New York City. Chris Burke, if he heard me say this, would want to slap my fat face. But I'll say this, Lee. I agree with you. And I love Lee, by the way. Uh, of course, I do. I, I I think that's just no, no. I, I you, that's one tradition you don't turn away from. Now, if you want to say. If you want to, if you want to tell me, take take the women's softball thing out of Oklahoma City, two minutes from Oklahoma, I'm okay with that. If you want to tell me, take the SEC out of Birmingham, I'm okay with that. But Omaha, I mean, it's just what if 
the, that's the, and they built a new stadium. But it I mean, changes, Sean. The the game that park is too big for that game, man. It just is. He's right. He's right. He's telling the truth. Wait, wait, wait. I, now because now because because balls aren't flying out. Yes. That sport yeah, is that sport is a sport of loud booms. That's why people love they it. Have, you you have watched the most compelling baseball tournament there has been. Uh, it's in been how very many good. Years. It's been very good, but it's not representative. No, no, of the no sport. it's not been very good. It's been excellent. It, it, and it would have been excellent in another stadium. It doesn't. It's excellent because of the game. It's not. It's okay, not, what, sta- what stadium? What stadium would you propose? I just you, you put it in Houston. No, I don't want to play it indoors, Lee. Don't say that. You're now, ruining your argument. Indoors, I don't want to play the damn thing put inside, in Lee. Put it in Atlanta. I love Atlanta's field. That would be so there's, fun. There's there's a bunch of them. Like I think it's been a great tournament, yes, but it's it hasn't been great because it's in Omaha. And listen, I understand what you're saying about the tradition thing, but the millions of people that are watching this on TV, yep. nobody's watching it because of where the game is being played. I say like, we put it in Lindsey Nelson I'm Stadium. I'm concerned about that. You're I want to put it. I want to put kids. it right there in Lindsey Nelson Stadium. I'm not a homer. Going but, to uh, Omaha is a going to Omaha is a connection between that 90 year old guy. Yep. That they brought. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in Southern Middle Tennessee, WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. It's time to put a Dodge in your garage. And at Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, you can count on us for all the muscle you need. We have a huge inventory to choose from, from the spine-tingling 2021 Dodge Charger SRT to the 2021 Dodge Challenger Superstock. You can even save time and buy online with our online shopping tool. Yep, at Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, we're flexing our Motor City muscle. You can count on us online at ColumbiaCDJR.com. Hello, this is Rick Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. What is a full-service jeweler? Experienced staff, custom designers, in-house jewelry repairs, and beautiful jewelry. Yes, at Tillis Jewelry, we are passionate, knowledgeable, and committed to integrity. We strive to be the best in our community and in our profession. We build long-term relationships and become part of family traditions that will cross generations. We delight clients by providing an unparalleled selection, superior service, and exceptional value. Tillis Jewelry, we exceed your expectations. Do you suffer from knee pain? Is it painful to walk or perform your day-to-day activities? If so, we have great news at the Dr. Gill Center. We can relieve your knee pain fast and easy with no downtime and no surgery. The FDA has approved a new non-surgical treatment for knee pain, and it's covered by most major insurance, including Medicare. This treatment has helped millions of people across the nation. Call today to see if you qualify for a free consultation and get back to a pain-free life. 615-551-9224. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, or 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. 
Quick Mart Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. This is Mark Curry at the Trailer Store. We are a local, family-owned business. Every day, I work with my wife, Susie, my mother, Becky, and my son, Justin. We offer a full line of lawnmower trailers, utility trailers, stock trailers, and a full line of trailer parts. We also offer service. Come see us at 1021 New Lewisburg Highway. Call us at 931-381-2795. That's 931-381-2795. Hey, this is Trip Stoltz, owner and manager of Columbia Ace Hardware. Spring is here and we are ready. We carry a full line of steel, echo, and chindawa yard equipment. We also have a great selection of grass seed, fertilizer, and garden supplies. With the most knowledgeable sales staff in Southern Middle Tennessee, come check us out at 112 East James Campbell Boulevard, Columbia, Tennessee. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. I am Jack Blackstone. And I'm Emery Blackstone. Together, we are Greenway Tech Repair. Tired of slow computers, cracked phone screens, and fancy home electronics you don't know how to use? We can help. We provide local on-site services as well as remote troubleshooting for any job, no matter how large or small, from computers and laptops to mobile devices and home electronics. We Blackstone Brothers are eager to serve our community. Find us on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. That's on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. Want to experience Spring Hill in one day under one roof? Now is your chance. Spring Hill's most popular annual community event, Experience Spring Hill The Event, presented by Liberty Federal Credit Union, is back and jam-packed with fun at Summit High School on Saturday, June 24th from 10 a.m. until 2 p.m. You can learn more about this exciting event at experiencespringhill.com. We hope to see you there. Life gets busy and sometimes slowing down to buy your family quality food can seem impossible. This is Terry Taylor with Taylor Family Farm and we offer local home delivery in addition to our local drop locations to help with that problem. Now you can get your favorite pastured poultry, pork and grass-fed beef delivered right to your door. Visit taylorfamilyfarmtn.com to find out how. We believe in healthy food, healthy people and healthy community at Taylor Family Farm. This is Delk Kennedy, owner of Kennedy Broadcasting Company, operator of WKRM, historically 1340 AM, now 103.7 FM, and WKOM, 101.7 FM. We call ourselves Front Porch Radio, and I've said many times what that means. It means that we are working to connect this southern Middle Tennessee community, one listener, one relationship at a time. And let me elaborate on what that means. In this community, we will relentlessly promote jobs, commerce, business, industry, education, arts, green space, music, rivers, the great outdoors, healthcare, churches, charities, sports, and all the great people of Southern Middle Tennessee. Join us, help us, call us, Front Porch Radio, 
Delk Kennedy. Thank you for listening. Coming to the Mule House in Columbia on June 27th at 7 p.m. An evening of hope. A great night of music to benefit the room at the end of Murray County. Thank you, sponsors Lester Hill Credit Union, Keystone Alternative Health, McDonald's of Murray County, Heritage Bank and Trust, and the Tennessee Christian Chamber of Commerce. Get your tickets now at themulehouse.com. Come support this important ministry, June 27th, 7 p.m. at themulehouse.com. This is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee.